A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Did AEW botch the Matt Hardy injury at All Out 2020 on Saturday night? I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by one of the smartest people now in professional wrestling. It's Corporate Chopper. Hello. Yes, I am, in fact, the smartest man in wrestling. That's me. Yeah. Aside from Mr. Davis. I'm sure you've got loads of questions for both myself and Chopper about our our little actions at the end of All Out's live reactions. Uh, We'll get to those after the first discussion point with your super chats. Remember, we only care about the people who give us money. So, unfortunately, because I think... I actually really, really enjoyed All Out. I love AEW. If you go back and you watch the stream, even after the Matt Hardy incident, multiple times I just sit back and go, I love this company. You know, it's it's the opposite of this company. It's this company. <laughs> the MJF match with John Moxley was one of my, you know, probably favorite finishes of the year. The the storytelling in the FTR Omega Page one, the fun in the Orange Cassidy Jericho match, loved it all. However, the whole pay per view online and for me as well was negatively affected by the Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara match. If somehow you haven't seen what happened already in like the second spot of the match, they're brawling backstage. They go up to the top of a platform. Sammy Guevara spears Matt through two tables that were set up down below, but unfortunately, they completely missed the first one, and Matt's head 
whacked against the concrete floor and he didn't move for 45 seconds. I've watched this whole thing back like three or four times now. It is so uncomfortable, completely takes you out of what's uh, unfolding, not just here, but arguably for the rest of the show, they call off the match because he legit was, you know, he seemed unconscious there. And then when he tried to stand up, he couldn't get to his feet, even with Sammy's help. Super, super just difficult to watch. And then they call off the match and you're like, well, what else that could they have done? This is unfortunate. It's just a bad thing after bad thing for Matt Hardy and AEW, but they made the right decision there. And then they restarted the match. Let Matt Hardy climb up a piece of scaffolding. Imagine if he lost his balance there because of, you know, whatever injury he had and knocked Sammy off of it. Sammy goes through tables at the bottom. Ten count, Matt wins. But really, no one was enjoying the match. No one kind of remembers that Matt won. They're all just like, oh, crap. How how did this happen? And yeah, well, I, I'll go through like the stuff that's come out since. But what was your thoughts when you first watched it? Yeah, pretty much 100% agree with you. It was so uncomfortable to watch. Uh, just watching Matt struggle to get back to his feet after the initial bump was something that it's just it was beyond selling. Like you can recognize good selling. And this was just like, no, this is just real. This is completely just takes you out of the immersion of uh, wrestling. Uh, and I thought, oh, called off the match. You know, smart choice. It's really unfortunate. This Maybe, you know, there could be an argument that maybe the bump could have been done safer. There could have been more precautions rather than just two tables on a concrete floor. Maybe something underneath, whatever. Unfortunate accident accidents happen. But then restarting the match, I really wasn't a fan of. And especially restarting the match going admittedly going straight to the finish not doing the full match that they planned obviously which is a very smart move don't do the whole rest of the match go straight to the finish but the finish involving him climbing some scaffolding with no safety net no nothing is really really dangerous it yeah i did did not like that at all yeah really really it's it's an unfortunate blemish on what was otherwise a pretty good show i thought when you said that you can tell what good selling is sometimes, mm. I cast your mind back to when me and you were at the Frontline show last year and the OJMO was selling so well, I legit thought he... And the whole angle, it was booked by Will Ospreay. It was really, really smart stuff. I thought he'd legit injured and separated his shoulder. He was crying. You don't, you, you know, you don't see wrestlers cry when they're selling. So I was like, oh my God. Totally sucked into what was happening. Turns out, working at work face. So in the moment, I I actually did that. There was part of me, probably the optimistic side of me, was I was hoping it was a work. And when they restarted the match, I was like, well, surely it's a work then. But it comes out afterwards. No, it wasn't. Brian Alvarez said Matt Hardy was taken to hospital very soon after. And in the post media scrum, that was pretty much all anyone wanted to talk about. Tony Khan says that. Dr. Samson, who is AW's sort of standby doctor, cleared Matt Hardy because he passed their concussion protocol. I don't really know what concussion protocols are, but I to, to me it's it seems wildly irresponsible to run whatever test that is that you could make a a clear a clear enough decision to say yes go out there and continue to perform on a spot that includes climbing up that high. In a couple of minutes, 
when the dude was knocked out just like five minutes earlier. I, th I think like if someone gets knocked out, just that's it. Like that's that's quite a hard rule. You're not allowed to go out there and compete again. I keep thinking of Kyrie Sane in the uh, tag match main event for TLC last year. Like that took me out the whole rest of the match because I was just too worried about Sane. Whereas that was the end of a show. It didn't affect the rest of the show. It had already happened. But AEW negatively took out the rest of the, the matches. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a long-standing thing in wrestling that, oh, if you get injured, just carry on the match kind of thing. It's almost a mentality that a lot of, especially older wrestlers have. Of You know, there's the, there's the famous stories of Triple H tearing his quad and still going on and finishing the match and people getting through all these injuries. And they're often told as like these heroic stories of people... Mm trooping on despite the injuries and i feel like it's really negatively impacted stuff like this because hardy especially a bit more of an old school wrestler having the mentality of it doesn't matter if i'm injured i've got to finish the match and i think that that's complete speculation on my part by the way um just having that kind of mentality of going i've got to finish the match regardless of what happens to me is not what's best for the wrestlers because their health comes first there's stuff that's more important than finishing a match especially when the finish is I'm going to punch you and then you fall off a thing. Like that's not even the best kind. It didn't really further the story that much anyway. So like, yeah, he really should have just not carried on at all. Well, you say spe you speculating that Matt pushed to carry on with the match and pushed for that spot in the first place. Rabbi Sky, his, his wife, generally quite outspoken on Twitter. Of course, she's been posting a lot about this and she is fuming with Matt fuming that he did this spot in the first place, that he, you know, presumably said backstage, let me go out there and compete. I want to finish this match. And she she said, um, she tweeted yesterday when Matt went to hospital, a thousand percent a concussion. So by this point, I believe he had only had an MRI and she said they needed additional imaging done after his CT, oh, CT scan. So I think then they did the MRI. And she's like a thousand percent concussion. Anyone with eyes can tell you that, you know, because it was such a sickening bump. But then Tony Khan tweeted a few hours later when Matt was released from hospital. Great news. Thank God he passed the MRI and CT scans. Didn't have a concussion. And he's being driven home now. Matt Hardy is going to be there on Wednesday's Dynamite to, to, to address all of this and talk about it. But um, yeah, I think even... Even if, like, we're talking about hindsight stuff now. Even if he didn't have a concussion and that's been medically shown that didn't happen. Great news. Absolutely fantastic. In the heat of the moment, though, there's no way you can know that. Play it safe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, fr from what I've seen, like you mentioned earlier, I don't know what concussion protocols are or, like, what they can do in, in just, like, a minute. But from what I've seen especially from like WWE documentaries and things of people returning from concussions. It's quite an intense process. They have to go through like rigorous training. They have to, you know, follow ice sets. They have to be able to take bumps. They have to, you know, be able to run the ropes properly and stuff like that. They go through a rigorous testing process to make sure that they fully recovered from a concussion. So I don't know how you can say, no, you're fine to go back out there in just like a minute. It doesn't make sense to me at all. And to say that, you know, for, for Rebby to say a thousand percent concussion, anyone with eyes can see it. And then Tony to say it wasn't a concussion. It's fine. I don't know who to believe on that because like T Tony is obviously almost certainly going off the results from MRI, CT scans. So you'd think that, you know, that would be very 
legit. That's probably the person you should believe. But it's it seems incredibly unlikely to me. It must have been some sort of miracle if he didn't get a concussion, because even mild concussions are very, very easy to come by. And this was a hard hit onto some concrete. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you can you can believe both here. You can believe Khan going by science and saying, look, the, these scans say he did not suffer a concussion. Uh, and you can go by Rebbe, who has intuition. That's my husband. He just took the, 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 the father of my children. I can see his eyes going loopy or whatever. I, you know, there's something wrong with him and I don't want this to happen again. I think you can believe both sides there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the discussion is about was he or wasn't he concussed. Mm. I think it's he was clearly not ready to continue the match. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies can only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist 
exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Um, but let's see what you all think. Uh, Josh Armstrong says, no matter what Matt said, it was clear he wasn't all there and the match should have just ended when the bell rang the first time. I found it hard to get into the rest of the show after that. Bye, Luke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah, the 100%, 100% that agree. It stopped, it stopped me enjoying the next match. But the rest of the show, particularly the next match, unfortunately. Jonathan, the headmaster, headman. Hello, Mr. Davis. And Mr. Chopper are completely right about the Hardy situation. An audible should have been made. It damaged the rest of the show for me. So similar yep. concerns. Agreed. Spencer O, oh, I think a larger discussion needs to be had about Tony Khan just saying no to certain spots that his wrestlers pitch. For instance, that Darby Allen body bag tax spot probably didn't need to happen. Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up later on when we get to the when we get to reviewing the Casino Battle Royal because yeah, that was another spot. There's been several of these spots in AEW recently where it's like that just didn't need to happen. Mm. Uh, so yeah, maybe it is just drawing a harder line because I'm sure the wrestlers all want to put on the biggest spots they can and you know pop the crowd the most they can and all that stuff. But maybe it just needs to be like a firm like, no, you can't do that. I don't know. Well, I so to to, to come to AEW's defense here. Ryan Satin reported that AEW ran this spot twice through with a trained stuntman supervising, and it went fine. Mm. So, to, of course, because that's what wrestlers do. Wrestlers are going to come to you and say, I want to jump off the highest thing here, and blah, 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 right? And Tony Khan, presumably, like half of his job is saying, okay, well, how can we do that safely? And going by Sanin's report there, I don't think you can get much safer if you've. Yeah. I, to me, it's weird that there weren't mats underneath the table. Like, what? Why wouldn't that be a thing? But, uh, and why wouldn't you just both fall down as opposed to spearing where you sort of mi miss your mark potentially a bit more? But, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a case of. Can't I've forgotten my original point now. God damn it. You talk for a bit and I'll remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that if, if Tony Khan needed to have a harder line to just tell the wrestlers no, or like the, the Darby Allen body bag tag spot. Yeah, I, I I think there's definitely a case where, especially Darby, he's taken a whole bunch of bumps that are really horrible looking in hindsight. And maybe he can take that. Maybe they've gone through all these spots beforehand and they've done stunt practices and stuff. Accidents do happen still, even with enough practice. And I think maybe the precautions they've taken aren't enough. I don't know. That is, again, that is pure speculation on my part because I don't know the inner workings of AEW and what they've done in precautions. I don't know. I just want people to be safe. That's all. I remembered what I was going to say. Mm. We only know the spots that go wrong. Maybe mm. Tony Khan is legit saying, no, you can't jump out of a helicopter, Kenny Omega. No, yeah. you can't wrestle a shark, Brian Cage. Although, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> but okay, you want to fall off a platform about eight feet high through some tables? Yeah, that's wrestling. I can mm -hmm. make that happen, but let's make sure it happens in the safest way possible. And 
Yeah, that unfortunately there was an accent there. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, that was scary af. Don't know what af means. Af, af. If we're going to be mad at anyone, it should be the doctor. They have to trust their doctor, but that seemed like a bad call. Yeah, I, I, that's it. And Doctor Sampson is getting a lot of the flack here because, you know, Tony Khan isn't going to overrule his his chief doctor if his doctor's saying, "Yeah, looks good, go out and wrestle." I just, I, I, I can't see the the thinking process, even if he's passing these tests. Yeah. Maybe he didn't see, maybe he wasn't, maybe he was rushing over to Matt when we could see the stuff on the monitor. It's so difficult in like the thick of the moment uh, to, to make these judgment calls, but I think they definitely made the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It's unfortunate, but yeah, I think wrong call, wrong call made. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat again. I got knocked out in a mosh pit from a guy's knee hitting me in the head when he dove off a speaker stack. Hardcore. Waking up, I didn't know where I was and couldn't stand. Seeing Matt took me back to that. Seems pretty similar, that, yeah. Anthony Brewer, if the Hardy injury never happened, how would you feel about the match and the show as a whole? It's hard to say because they just rushed to the finish, so we don't really know what they had in store for the rest of the match. We just had really those two spots, and that was the whole match. Um, so I, that my view on the show is probably going to be the same, uh, if not maybe slightly better because it wasn't didn't have that kind of impacting it. But I, I can't tell you how I feel about the match because we haven't seen it. Yeah, I think I because you take that out of it, I love this show. <laughs> mm. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant show, as we'll get to, but it's just completely overtaken uh, the whole the whole conversation, really. Uh, and and like because that's uh, so high profile, I think other things have been elevated, like that Derby spot uh, and the JR comments as well. It's like, oh, let's see what else is negative. Whereas usually they would have probably gotten lost in the overwhelming positivity. M jitters. I was concussed from hitting my head on the turf, falling from a stand. There's no way Hardy wasn't concussed. Their protocol isn't is clearly not good enough. Well, just I don't know what the protocol is, but everybody's bodies behave differently. You know, you could get knocked out with with a brick and you might not be concussed that it's a you know sometimes things fluke like that uh going by the test it seems he, he you know he didn't suffer the brain trauma that lines up with data of a concussion but yeah definitely probably should have been stopped um so before we get on with the full play-by-play review of aw anything to say pete now you've <laughs> made the wise choice to join the all-authority. Well, I just wanted to say that, you know, that I think I made a, a really smart choice. Uh, I'm really looking forward to be part of the all-authority. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be alongside the inaugural Jam That Champion, and I think we can just make talk a better place. Yeah, so obviously I couldn't have... Uh, I did this all by myself. But it was nice to have you by my side when I lifted it, mm. kind of, you know, remotely. Uh, yeah. But did you see Luke Owen's face? I know, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> what an idiot. He didn't even look jokey sad. He looked genuinely unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. What I've actually taken a few screenshots. I've jiffed up a few clips. Mm. And it's just my, it's like a collage on my desktop wallpaper of just Luke going like this. It's, it's, it's like this. When he realizes what's happened. Can you go through it like on The Simpsons, that show that that he really likes? When you go through and you can see the exact moment where his heart breaks. Is it like that? That's great. It's like that. I stop it and then then I just 
I smile to myself because I am the jam that champion. Inaugural, it's going to go down in the history books. I've finally won something. And it's a beautiful friendship, me and you, Pete. Yeah, best friends. Yeah, best yeah. friends. Yeah, definitely. Right, so the main event, uh, the main, the, the show as a whole, really. Let's scroll down past all of my Tony Khan statements. Uh, the the pre-show, uh, the buy-in, as they call it, had Sir Pentico versus Joey Janela. Fine standard match. It was fine, yeah. Um, and Alex Reynolds and John Silver versus Private, but sorry, Janela won the previous one. Private Party beat Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order, making your aw debut there yeah 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 i it was uh it was a really fun match i thought i performed really well uh me and uh me and alex reynolds kind of tore the house down i thought so yeah it was great they are one of the most fun tag teams to watch in aw right now so fun like legit because i didn't know I, i'd seen private party before i hadn't really seen that much of alex reynolds and john silver and in this match i was like god they're good <laughs> this is really fun they're so good and i think if they keep getting these sorts of shows they had a fantastic match against cody and as uh, uh, zach cardona matt cardona several weeks ago mm. where if they keep being allowed to showcase that really fluid tag team style that they've got and john john silver is freaking excellent like mm -hmm. he, the way he just moves the way he connects with these kicks i love watching him yeah. uh and not just because he reminds me of you of course i you know, friend, top friend. Uh, it's because I I think they could possibly see themselves go up the ranks a bit. Yeah, I'd I'd really like that. I I think they're great. They were not so, into the, so fun. Not into the top tag title mix because that's so crammed, but definitely mid card level of the tag division mm -hmm. uh, because at the moment they are jobbers. They're 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 yep. an enhancement act. They're booked to put other people over, but I think they're even better than that. Uh, so the main card opened with what was supposed to be on the buy-in show. It was moved to the main show because of the sort of Twitter backlash. How dare you put Big Swollen Britt Baker, your, one of your only properly built women's matches, onto the buy-in. Uh, turns out, th 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 I thought they actually had a good reason to put it on the buy-in. It was a <laughs> cinematic match. <laughs> I mean... I feel like it was supposed to be funny, and it wasn't. Oh, very did you like funny. it? I but... thought it was. It was fine. A lot of the comedy did not work for me. Rebel, I don't think, is very funny, and she was kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. I just, I think she just came off a bit grating mm. rather than funny, but it was okay. So that's all I have. It was fine. Well, it has split opinion. It's it's a comedy cinematic match that of, it's going to be Marmite by its uh, inherent nature. I don't mind the goofy comedy stuff. I was a big fan of the, the comedy that worked, at least, looking at you, Stephanie McMahon, in the Money in the Bank match. I, I really enjoyed AJ Styles' performance in the Boneyard match. I, the Fiend stuff has been fantastic. I thought this was a, a fun not cinematic match. It was a fun B-movie match. 
Mm. Uh, some really fun little spots where Big Swole's looking for Baker and she finds a, a cabinet full of those chattering teeth that you wind up so Joker style. Um, Baker gets out a drill at one point. She did try to kill her. That's that's attempted murder right there. Well, I think that's that's a sort of a, a callback to Little Shop of Horrors and the scene there. But man, I, you know me, I don't deal well with needles. Like I have a visceral, <laughs> can't I can't even see a needle, let alone one piercing flesh. And mm. Britt Baker got out the syringe and tried to inject Swole with it to make it easier to beat. And Swole turns the syringe around and puts it into Baker's leg. And we see it go in Baker's leg and we see it plunge down. So I'm guessing Baker, being a qualified practitioner, injected herself with something. <laughs> water. I don't know. <laughs> Can you inject water? Doesn't that kill I you? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh. Anyway, it, it got me. It certainly got me. Um, Swole gassed Brit to win. I thought they could have made more of that up, like... Brit's body slowly falling asleep, I think has yeah. a lot of Johnny English comedic potential. But Swole just gassed her to win. Six minutes all in all, mm -hmm. flew by. Yeah, I, again, I thought it was fine. I thought, yeah, it was supposed to be a kind of funny, kooky comedy match. I just don't think a lot of the comedy worked for me, that's all. That's fine. Uh, yeah, a lot of people agreed with you when we were watching it. I think me and Luke were actually in the minority, uh, that son of a bitch. However, what was... I mean, I can't, I've kind of got three favorite matches on this show. Mm. And this is one of them. The Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Oh, Lordy. They're all so good. So good. All of them. Like, there's not a, there wasn't like a weak link in this match. All of them worked so fluidly together. So many awesome spots. The Bucks were working heel for a, for some of it. It started off just kind of like four baby faces, baby facing it up and, you know, countering each other and having stare-offs and things like that. And then the Bucks just went, nah, we're just going to kill you now. And then they just started working heel for it. It was great. Oh, man, some great sequences in this match too. So, so fun. Yeah, and the spots were so innovative. Uh, mm. Stuff like Matt Jackson. Unfortunately, this one was slightly botched. Well, very botched, but it was Matt Jackson doing his rolling Northern Lights suplexes. They start outside the ring. They do it over the rope in the ring. He does it all the way to the far side. It goes over the ropes. That's where they botched it, unfortunately. They, they both got hung up on the top rope, but then he continued to do it outside and then over the barricade uh, with six Northern Lights suplexes in sequence with a botch in there. Um, mm. That was fantastic. Luchasaurus hit this insane dive off of the top rope springboard into the crowd yeah oh it he is deceptive with how bloody athletic that man is it's absurd that oh man there was one i think one of my favorite sequences was when they uh they counted the melter driver they were setting up for the melter driver and they counted it and then they hit a, a poison rana onto that and i was like oh my god so many things are happening at the same time it was one of those where it was just like all so many different moving pieces, but they all worked so fluidly together. It was awesome. But crucially, uh, apart from like the great character work, like you've already touched on with the Bucks, carrying on that heel persona, uh, we got Jungle Boy kind of isolated in the ring by both Matt and Nick Jackson, arguably 
the best tag team in the world, although they've yet to capture gold in this promotion. Jungle Boy took super kick, kick out. Got hit by two super kicks at the same time, a super kick party. He kicked out of that as well. And then it just, it was, it did such a good job of putting Jungle Boy over in defeat. And that's exactly what the main event did with MJF. And you can just see these two guys being built separately by AEW for the future. I thought, just ever, the best thing in wrestling is when everyone comes out more over than when they entered it. And that's exactly what happened here. Yep, exactly that. Yeah, it was a BC trigger that eventually just finished him off after that. Um, and it was just because, like, Luchasaurus was still out from his stupid big dive to the crowd. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it was just Jungle Boy that was isolated. But, you know, it was really cool to see all of them. Of course, the right people won, but Jungle Boy got put over in defeat. It was really, really good. Um, now, we've got All Elite Wrestling here saying, we hear you, Wrestle Talk. But do I hear mark. you? We were fooled last time by AEW, uh, a fake account. They they don't have a check mark. I don't think Just, they're real. Mm, yeah, it's a fake account. Mod mm. Mother's saying, "Ooh, what a heel! They're the true heels. They're the heels. Fake account. Getting getting such likable baby faces like me and Corporate Chopper excited. Exactly. Uh, um. After that, we got the Casino Battle Royale, which mm. in previous years has been a bit clunky." Because you would get the idea is because it's not the Royal Rumble, folks. Don't call it the Royal Rumble. You have waves of five people enter. And in the past, yeah. you'd have all five line up with some generic entrance music and then run down to the ring. And you're like, wait, wait, who's who's in there? Five guys. And you, you get you don't get the pop of the entrance music, which is half the fun of a sequential entrance match like this. So this time, just every two minutes, every interval, there'll be five people come out, but they're just entering rapid fire. So you still got the pops. So they fixed that. That was very well done. Yeah, it was. Um, and the uh, initial five in this match, I've got them all written down, uh, was... You don't uh, have to do that. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I have to because I want to put over how many stacked names are in this bloody match because mm. there's a lot of quite big names because you had trent and daniels jake hager the blade and phoenix were the first five and already i'm like okay that's pretty good um i bloody love trent by the way if i feel like i've said that before in an aw podcast i think trent's amazing give him more stuff he's awesome um but i will say as it progressed further i felt like this match was really good for the last seven or eight people that were in it before that it was kind of a, just a bit people were there and occasionally someone would just be like oh they've been eliminated and that's it whereas like <laughs> a lot of the story stuff that came in a lot of the really cool uh innovative spots the stare downs that we wanted to see it was all kind of packed towards the very very end of the match and i don't know whether that's just because we get them in waves of five and it is every like three minutes and you just get another wave of five whatever it is but it just felt like the first half of this match didn't really need to happen. I'm, I maybe would have preferred... I know they've got to do it. Casino Battle Royale branding, got to do it all the time. But I would have preferred maybe like a, a six-way number one contendership match or something like, like elimination six-way or something like that. I think it would have been awesome. But it was very good, the second half of this match. Yeah, I must I must agree that the, the build round Faction Warfare was so cool. 
I was this was one of my most anticipated matches on the card. So maybe I, because I had such high expectations, it didn't quite meet them. I didn't get that. You know, here's Eddie Kingston's Five Guys, the restaurant chain that he owns. Here's <laughs> uh, Team Taz. Here's Lance Archer. Here's the Inner Circle. We never got like that crazy stare off where they're all just looking at each other and then a big brawl, which is what, which is kind of what I wanted. Instead, it was yeah, people being picked off way in advance of that. Um, but it, I, it was still fun. I thought uh, it zipped along really nicely. And let's talk, because we've already covered the Darby Allen elimination, which is where he was. Mm. Thumbtacks were put into a body bag. He was put in the body bag with it, and then it was just lobbed over the top rope. Um, fell quite nastily, but apparently he was fine. That's, yeah. not, that's not an excuse of the recklessness, but thank God he's okay. Um, is who was our joker? Our wild card. So that's the, you get the four waves of five people, and then you get a surprise 21st entrance. Lukewarm Luke Owen had Miro, Rusev. Mm. That didn't happen. Another no. reason why he lost, why I beat him, yeah. fair and square. Yeah. Uh, it was Matt Seidel, the mm. former Evan Bourne in WWE. Yeah. I was quite pumped to see him. I was like, oh, he's really good. I, I I was one of the few people that was like, I love Evan Bourne. Give him more stuff when he was in WWE. So I was really quite excited to see him. I thought he was really, really cool. Apart from when he did his first move. Yes. Really unfortunate. Because he went up to the top rope. A move that he's done probably thousands of times. Went for a shooting star press and he just slipped off the rope. Completely stacked it. Thankfully, didn't hurt himself doing so. Um but yeah, just completely just fell straight on his ass. And well well done to um, uh, Will Hobbs, who was right there, immediately just rolled over to check on him, make sure he was like, okay, who was going to hit the shooting star press on him, which was nice. But yeah, very unfortunate for Seidel. And as horrible as it was, I did laugh. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Apparently it was very uh, humid in the, mm. in the Daily's Place because it's an open air stadium. And that was a big reason why the crowd was so tired after this and apparently why the ropes were a bit damp as well a bit slippery which is why mm. he slipped um because yeah that's you never see him botch that move that's his thing yeah but it's it, my heart goes out for him it's i'm trapped between two opposite emotions of being so sort of sympathetic towards his plight there but also that was bloody hilarious mm. but because it's like your first thing I, i'm sure he'll be fine but he, it's gonna, it's never gonna go away. No, surely it's yeah. a bit like a Titus Weld slide. Everyone's yeah. saying shock, my uh, shock master because you know that's how he debuted. But I see it more as a Titus Weld slide thing. I guess at yeah. least the fans can't make a chant up about it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I just hope that I mean, he tweeted out afterwards just being like, well, I guess that was a sign. I'm gonna come back with all new material next time. Uh, which is, yeah, it's unfortunate, but hopefully he just gets over it because he is really good. Uh, I wonder if he sticks around longer. But Mm. uh, who else is really good? You've already mentioned him. His name is Will Hobbs, not like I said in my tired review state, Luke Hobbs, which (laughs) is Dwayne Johnson's character in Fast and Furious. Yeah, well done. That would be pretty cool. Luke Hobbs (laughs) debuted in the Casino (laughs) Battle Royale, Royale rather. Uh, Yeah, Luke, I did it again. (laughs) Will Hobbs, 
He's a featured player on Dark quite a lot. Big guy, mm. very impressive, athletic. He was probably the standout, the most memorable thing here. Yeah, because I think a lot of people were expecting big things from everyone else in the match when you had a lot of people that had been built up quite effectively in the past. No one really expected anything out of Will Hobbs. A lot of people probably didn't even know he was in the match to get, uh, going into it. So then for him to come in and be a real kind of standout performer, everyone's going, hello, where were you beforehand? Mm. I thought he was great. And he had a he had a, a big man stare off with Brian Cage or Lance Archer, one of the two, uh, which was really cool. It was a good moment. I was like, oh, big men doing big men things. Yes, please. Um, also, I know this isn't a hot take. Brian Cage is really good. I, pff, man, the size of that man and to still be athletic and doing leapfrogs and hurricane runners and all sorts of stuff. So how do you pull mm. that off, you madman? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, I th thoroughly enjoyed it. And I also wrote my first note of this match was I want to see a Phoenix versus Trent singles feud, please. <laughs> I think that'd be really cool. Pete loves Trent. Confirmed. I do love Trent. He's Scrib amazing. Pete scribbles it on all these notebooks. Yeah. 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 Pink question uh, mark. <laughs> uh, also, one quick thing I did want to mention is that I hadn't really heard the crowd get that involved in all that much up until this point. Darby Allen got a massive pop from the mm. crowd when he came out. God, everyone loves him. Yeah. I, I even like from here and throughout the rest of the show, like the crowd occasionally you could hear like a whoa or like that. When Darby Allen came out, you could hear the crowd like they were going mental when he came out. So he's a he's a proper star at this point. It's great. Yeah, definitely. And same Freddie Kingston. He came mm, out. Yeah. He, he was one of the audible pops I heard. He went through to the final two with Lance Archer. I Lance Archer is definitely the right winner. I think yeah. if you want a, a proper serious contender for Mox's championship, just the way he's been booked and presented so far. But man, I was rooting for Kingston there. Imagine mm. the promo work between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley and the matches as well. How brawling yeah. and violent those could be. Uh, so it's a, it's a shame Kingston didn't win. Hopefully they've got big plans for him still. What was Jake Roberts doing? While he was getting eliminated, mm. was he? Did he have a snake in that bag? Was he hitting him with a snake? So I didn't think this worked either. Brian no. Cage, not Brian Cage. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer—they're on the apron. A lot of people are like, Eddie Kingston never got properly eliminated because he didn't go over the top rope to get there. But nah. uh, Kingston's on the top rope. Lance is sort of trying to choke him off, and Jake the Snake Roberts is just dangling the bag, which is meant mm. to have a snake inside towards him and it just looked naff because mm. mm. eddie had to try and sell the offense that lance archer was hitting him with and also had to try and sell being scared of the snake that jake roberts had as well and i was like surely lance could just beat him up and then <laughs> win instead of having oh no i'm scared of a snake and that's the distraction that helps lance it was weird it was just no didn't, didn't quite yeah. gel for me but i agree uh then we got the hardy sammy match which we've already covered uh, and the sort of fallout of that confusion, that concern for Matt Hardy, really dampened the crowd reaction for what was a very good in-ring encounter between Thunder Rosa and Sheeta for the AEW Women's title. Yeah, it really did. I mean, th the match itself, I thought was really good. Looked at in isolation, I think it was a really, really good match, and it put over both talents. They were given a lot of time. 
it was a really fun match, but it was just so hampered by what had just come beforehand because everyone was just thinking, is Hardy okay? Like, mm. I need to go on social media right now. I need to check if he's okay. I need to see what's going on. So it just wasn't... No one was as, as engaged in this match as they probably should have been because it was a really good match. Yeah, which... So Rosa, the whole match, really, she'd have won, but the match right. was designed to get Thunder Rosa over. She looked awesome. She looked in control. She took 75% of the offense, had a reversal for pretty much everything she'd have had until the end when she'd have, you know, got, got the running knee, kicked out the Falcon Arrow. Uh, I, I've got to think. No less. Yeah, a one. Yeah, one, a one count. So I've got to think AEW are keeping Thunder Rosa around. She was brilliant here. Yeah. It, yeah, I thought she was really, really good. And like you said, so many unique uh, counters and reversals and things like that. She had a Death Valley driver on the apron to mm. Sheeta, which was great. Uh, yeah, it was just a really, really good match. And yeah, I really hope that Thunder Rosa does stick around because she's really, really good. Um, uh, yeah, I really like this match. And mm. I love Sheeta. Uh, you know, I've been saying that from the start. I'm really, I'm really into Thunder Rosa from what I've seen of her so far. But a lot of people online were calling this match of the night. And while I liked it, you know, I'm I'm there thinking, well, the crowd took me out of it. The the events beforehand took me out of it. And honestly, like the it didn't have a build. <laughs> there was no build, mm. there was no real conflict, there were no real character character tension to get into here, which all the other matches had heaps of. So I I I just don't get the argument that this was better than MJF Moxley, Omega Page and FTR, or the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, which were my sort of joint three favorite matches of the night. Yeah, I think even in isolation, I don't think they were better, especially for me, FTR and uh, Page and Omega. I don't think it was better than that. Just mm. in a, a match perspective, you know, in-ring in ring perspective, I don't think it was better. But I can see why people would really like it. So, yeah, it was a very good match. Uh, Kip Sabian. Oh, can't... don't know how that got on the screen. Get that out of here. What's that? Sorry. Sorry. Nothing. No. Weird. Don't know how that got on there. Anyway. Sorry. Um, Kip Sabian announced that him and Penelope Ford are going to get married on an episode of Dynamite. And before hmm. then, he's going to be looking for his best uh, best man. That's, uh, that's going to be fun because wrestling weddings have a rich history of going spectacularly wrong. Uh, this seems like a bit of a soft reset for Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian because, of course, they were packaged with Jimmy Havoc, who's since been released from the company. They were getting, a, you know, like a solid push before all that kicked off as well. Yeah, uh, and I think that Kip as well is particularly charismatic. Mm. So I think, yeah, he, he hopefully this is a really good repackaging for him. He had a really good bit when he looked at Alex Marvez and went, you're doing a great job, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it was such a crap-eating, smug thing to say. And he, at the end, he held up a, a placard that said, you know, so, you know, go over to my Twitch channel. And AEW had some text that appeared on screen. AEW approves this message. Just brilliant with all the stuff going on with WWE right now and them reportedly banning talent from using Cameo and Twitch. I'm, I'm not always a fan of jabs at WWE. This was brilliant. This was so funny. Like, oh, yeah, it's great. It was it was perfectly done because it wasn't so overt, but it was also just like a little like haha. It was it was great. Very well done. 
Uh, after that, we got Dark Order versus Nightmare Family, Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky. It went 15 minutes. I, you know, it's a dynamite match. Had no real business being on the pay-per-view card. It was a long show anyway, four hours long, five with the pre-show. Uh, this, the, the argument, I guess, is let's get everyone on the show. I hate that mentality. I'm just like, yeah. no, make a succinct, really watchable, digestible program first. Uh, if you want people on the show, put them in really hot stories. Save this stuff for TV. So it was always kind of an uphill struggle to get me into this match. And to be honest, the first 10 minutes weren't that impressive. Picked up by the final five, but it was the it was the, the post-match that was really quite interesting, where Colt Cabana was gifted a win by Brody Lee, but he wanted to hit his own move. He went for a moonsault on Dustin. Dustin rolled him up and lost. And Brody flipped at Colt. Yeah, which is a nice change because, you know, he's been completely kind of shielding him and, you know, pretending that they're good guys and all that stuff. It's definitely not a cult. Um, and then for this one, yeah, he just lost it. He just started smashing chairs on the outside, shoved Cabana down, just being like, what are you doing? I gifted you that win and then just like stormed off. Um, Cabana looked pretty upset, but Evil Uno was there and kind of helped mm. him back to his feet and was guiding him back out. So, yeah, I I, I still think Cabana's going to be part of the the dark order but it's going to be a learning process for him maybe this will just be a lesson that he needs to learn that he needs to respect mr Brody lee's authority i don't know yes. something like that yeah yeah it's just it's just such a great way of like looking at, at telling a story where someone slowly gets sucked into a cult where it is initially all happy he's winning he's sort of protected from the darker side you know it's been going on for two months now Colt Cabana was really happy. He was sort of jumping around in this match. The thrill of tagging with his friends here. But then, you know, he's, he's shouted at by Brody. Brought down a few notches. And then someone comes... Like, if that if it was left at that, eh, it's an angle. But Evil Uno putting his arm around him afterwards, that's where, you know, sort of manipulation comes in. It's like, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll tear you down, but we'll also pick you back up again. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you become dependent on a cult. Isn't that right, you stupid idiot, Pete? I'm just kidding, mate. Oh, it's great okay. to yeah. have you. Good joke. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, someone, someone I did like afterwards, because uh, uh, Dustin was backstage afterwards, had an interview um, saying that he's going to get a shot at the TNT title uh, because of this against Brody. Um, and... I feel like this should be inverted. It should be that the eight-man tag is on Dynamite, building to a TNT title shot at the pay-per-view. I just feel like the build was the wrong way around. I, I don't know. Yeah, you could argue that, but it's it's a TV title. It's a, it's yeah. literally a TV title, and the idea behind those are that you defend them on TVs more often than not. Um, I I think it would have been better with Brody calling out Dustin, to be honest. If you're going to inverse yeah. something. Uh, uh, also, a bit of controversy here. Anna Jay got involved at some point, Dark Order member, and JR said, did Anna Jay have a wardrobe malfunction? Or is that wishful thinking in my book? So JR, hoping to catch a, a sort of accidental glimpse sort of boob there. Sort of a bit pervy. Bit, yeah. bit thirsty JR, which isn't, yeah. which is creepy and sort of off-putting. And then JR will went online and apologized pretty soon after and said, you know, I'm sorry if anyone, it was my poor attempt at humor. Now everyone lighten up. <laughs> yeah. Which is not really an apology. Mm. It's him just saying, well, my joke fell flat, didn't it? But that's okay. Cause it was still a joke. 
Eh, it's still creepy, but okay. Uh, I just think, you know, me and me and that son of a bitch, Luke Owen, started talking about this when it happened. And just, we, I, you know, JR's comments are problematic, but just as viewing the TV show week to week, what really turns me off is how he's not that great anymore and how he sort of actively detracts from the product. And I cannot believe I'm saying that. I was, I was just striving for JR to come back to wrestling uh, just only yeah. three years ago. He's the voice of my childhood. And here he is just being salty and negative and down on so much stuff that it outweighs the good he does. I wasn't going to bring it up on this review, but it really annoyed me on this show. His commentary really grated on me. Like, cause, and it's just little things that don't, they don't bring any sort of positives to any mm. of the matches. It's just him saying things like, what was it? There was in the uh, FTR Omega uh, Hangman match, they did, Omega did uh, the move where he he kind of leapfrogs over them and does like a bulldog. I can't remember what the the, the name of the move is. And then JR just goes, back in my day, that was called a leg lace. No one cares, JR. Just call the move what it's called now. Like, it's just, that doesn't bring anything to the match. That's just, you're just negatively impacting mm. the match. Just stop. Don't say that. It's also a three-man booth and it should be two. Just get rid of JR and you're fine. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I can't. Three, three-man three booths work pretty well when all the commentators are good and have unique personalities. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd be saying that either. Hey, Mario Ranello's out of a job right now. Mm. Um, so after that, we got FTR versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page uh, for the AEW Tag Team titles. And it was just quite a staggeringly brilliant piece of telling a story with characters through the physicality of wrestling in a ring. They told an entire arc, an entire thesis with their bodies and hitting each other. It just astounds me how how this is so expertly done uh, with with people at the top of their game like this. They're, they're crafts craftsmen craftsmen at the end of the day, and the story was, what is better? Is it two great singles guys put together as a team, or is it a great tag team? Like, what is the stronger force there? And they told that really smartly by having Hangman Page isolated for ages against FTR. And then he'd tag in Omega. And then it was just pretty much Omega taking on FTR for ages. So this was a 30-minute match. It was a long match. They took their time telling this story. A lot of people thought it was too long. I, I didn't mind it at all. I was completely absorbed. But I can see why people thought, oh, I wish five or ten minutes were gone from this. But yeah, at the end of the match, it became about, no, the tag team is a, is a better unit than two great singles wrestlers chucked together. And it was a miscommunication. Um, although Omega ducked for a sort of friendly fire lariat, Page didn't duck for a friendly fire V-trigger. And FTR just, just overcame them. And there was a beautiful image at the end where Hangman Page is reaching out on the mat to Kenny to like, you know, like, help me, help me. And Kenny can't get to him. And it was it was just just remarkable storytelling. Yeah. It was so, so good. I, I met, started making notes for this match and then I stopped making notes because I was just so engrossed in the match. <laughs> it literally went like, awesome sequence, amazing teamwork. Yes. 
was my notes and that that was it like i i just stopped i just put yes all in capitals because it was just i was having so much fun with it um yeah it was it was just brilliant storytelling like ftr are the guys that made me realize that tag wrestling is amazing with their feud with um diy and, and nxt and bringing that level of storytelling against hangman and kenny in this match is just oh I, I just really love tag wrestling when it's done right and this is it being done right the the absolute level of like you said they're they're just they're craftsmen they have absolutely genius ring psychology and how to tell a story with their bodies i i loved it <laughs> it's really really good um the only thing that i not that i didn't like but the only thing that kind of rubbed me the slightly wrong way was was after the match the the brilliant storytelling of um page you know going to to lean on to kenny and be like and and he says i'm sorry as he does so and omega just steps backwards and lets him fall onto the mat was great mm. is great storytelling he gets out the ring he the young bucks are there as he walks backstage and just says nope i'm done let's get out of here round up let's go just walking straight to the back and saying after everything i've done he's saying he's kind of just chatting while he's he's shouting while he's walking gets to the car and he says you coming with me come on there's no coming back come on get in the car and then they didn't they they decided to stay there so he gets in the car and he goes fine i'm going and he shuts the door and he drives off so really like that tension with omega and bucks and page and all that stuff that's amazing the only bit i didn't really like or that i think was slightly done wrong is that i don't get why omega is so annoyed at page because Omega's the one that hit him with the V-trigger. And I know you could make the, the argument that uh, Omega ducked and Paige didn't. Sure. But Omega's the one that still hit him with the V-trigger. And then he wasn't the one that could get to him to break up the pin. I feel like it might have worked slightly better in my head anyway if he'd gone for the buckshot and hit Omega. And then Omega just didn't break up the pin after Paige had been hit with two spark pile drivers. Omega just didn't break up the pin. Not that he couldn't get there but he just didn't, and then he just walked off afterwards. I feel like that might have worked a little bit better than Omega hit the V-trigger, and then he's the one that's annoyed at Paige. To me, those two things just didn't quite match up. I still really enjoy it, still think it's great. I just feel like there could have been a slightly better version, maybe. I don't know. I think it works perfectly fine. Omega, Omega, Omega's angry at Paige because he didn't duck. Mm. And he's like, well, you know, I ducked for your move when you tried to do it to me. Why didn't you have the the ring awareness? And it's it's not just about that isolated bit. Yeah, I think of it's not. about. Yeah. I think it's they've lost the titles, and that was kind of the only thing keeping them together because it has been six months of Hangman Page's self destructive behavior. Like think of all the things that Page has done over the last half year: stopping the Bucks winning the championship, mm. being constantly annoyed and griping at stuff Omega's saying driving a wedge, you know, saying he's leaving the elite, saying he doesn't like them as people anymore. Like, that. that's, I, I, and I think Kenny's just sick of it now. Like, you know what? We're over then. We've lost the titles. I kind of made my mind up anyway, and then he leaves. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it looks like we are getting the return of, well, the debut, I guess, in AEW, a full-on heel Kenny, the cleaner Omega. So I'm very excited for Dynamite. I hope so. Um, also, I did just want to quickly address there was a comment here from EA Privet that just said, Chopper, you need to see BTE to understand that aspect more because Omega's on to blame shifting mode. Uh, I don't think you should watch a YouTube show to understand a TV show. 
Yes. What I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, they need to incorporate that stuff better uh, into the main product. Uh, after that, we got Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. In a, in a mimosa match, you can win by pin, submission, or throwing your opponent into a vat of orange juice and champagne mixture. Yes. I was quite tired at this point. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd stop making it such extensive notes, uh, especially after that match, because I was I was quite drained after that last match because I really liked it. Um, I thought it was quite fun. Um, it was good. There's a bit of brawling around the outside. I liked the the psychology of them trying to like force each other into the mimosa the whole time. And I liked that they did the ruling that you have to be submerged. It's not just like you have to touch the surface of the thing because that's that's something WWE would mm. do. Um, so I liked the, the odd spot where he'd kind of have his face and he'd be kind of touching the surface but not quite submerging him. Uh, and yeah, I th- I thought the match itself was good. Yeah. There you go. It was it was a nice change of pace between the sort of heavy drama of the tag match and the main event. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. I th- I was surprised by how much I popped for the finish, which is quite a simple thing of the annoying, obnoxious heel getting pushed into mimosa liquid. I thought, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad this feud has sort of come to an end now. Uh, I th- it was it was fun while it lasted kind of gives Jericho a bit of a breather uh, but I think I'm, I'm looking forward to these guys both going on to different things now this is the definite climax of that yeah. story they For announced sure. full gear is going to be on Saturday the 7th of November so schedule that in the diaries and then the main event was MJF versus John Moxley with in, in a similar way to how they did the tag match again it was a story told with physicality and that is in the ring mjf has the advantage he's a wrestler he can out wrestle you if you're outside the ring john moxley has the advantage because he's a brawler and he's going to throw you into the barricade yeah here's a hot take i thought this match was good there you go just good is that the hot good. That it's just good it was good yeah, I didn't think it was of the level of the FTR Omega page match, for example. I thought it was good. However, I feel like the story is a little bit flawed because it's all about the paradigm shift being banned when Moxley already doesn't need the paradigm shift. And it was a bit like, and then he just used it anyway. It didn't. It, oh, it didn't. Pete, no, it, did, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. Let me so let me go okay. through what what happened for everyone just in yes, case they haven't course. seen it. Uh, Moxley and MJF brawl through the entire thing. MJF, but of course Moxley's paradigm shift is banned in the finish after just like some really violent back and forth stuff. MJF is busted open. Moxley's arm is really heavily worked over, which he sold so well. Um, great back and forth between them. Really kind of got over MJF as a physical credible force going toe-to-toe, spitting blood at Mox in Mox's face, really, like, you know, earning respect of the viewer. Because previously, he's just been a bit of a chicken-ass word heel. Right now, he's this, you know, sort of a New Japan-style, yay, boo, you forearm me, I'll forearm you, legit guy. The finish comes when Wardlow gets on the apron and distracts the referee. Behind the referee's back, he throws the diamond ring into the ring. And MJF goes to pick it up. But in an excellent bit of camera work, he looks up and there's Moxley looking down at him, 
looks at the ring, looks back at Moxley. Uh, he realizes that MJF's going to cheat. So you know what? Mox is going to cheat better than you, you cheating son of a bitch. And he kicks MJF in the gut. Paradigm shift to win behind the referee's back. I thought that finish is excellent. One of the best finishes of the year. Yeah. It, and again, it was a very good finish. And I... <laughs> You and said it didn't work is, just now. The, and the thing is, it was a good finish, and I really like it. I genuinely think it would have worked so much better if Moxley always won with the paradigm shift. That was his thing. He hits the paradigm shift and he wins. That's his thing. But the fact that he He's already beat Brody, he already beat Brody, and he already beat Brian Cage without the paradigm shift, and then they built it up to be like, "Oh, you've not got the paradigm shift this time." And he's like, well, "Okay, I'll just win any other way I've done before." And he was putting over, especially in like the you know the contract signing bit, and he was saying, "Well, I'm going to have to get creative with how I'm going to beat you. I'm going to do all this other crazy stuff." And I was like, "Sure, they had a, a fairly violent match, but it's not anything we haven't seen before from Mox. It's something we haven't seen before from MJF, absolutely, but it's not anything really we haven't seen from Mox before." And then the finish, I thought, was he just used the paradigm shift anyway when he'd be putting over how creative he has to get in order to beat MJF. He just did the paradigm shift anyway? I uh, I don't know. I thought it was it was still a good match. It didn't it didn't impact it that much for me. It was still a good a good match. I just didn't think it was amazing. That's all. Well, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'd argue that Moxley's arm selling, the way mm -hmm. he weaved that into the psychology of the match, and some just like terrific spots where out of frustration. He would go for the paradigm shift and then realize he can't hit it. Just oh, brilliant stuff from Moxie. I would argue that is different. Um, and you know, the 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 real point of this match, the real masterstroke, is making MJF a legit main eventer. In, in my eyes, I yeah. think it definitely accomplished it. Overall, yeah. for the pay-per-view, I gave it three out of five. I loved 90% of this show, but the five, ten percent was so problematic it it took me out of everything else yep i'd agree with that rating three out of five i thought it was very good um yeah it, it was good it it just wasn't amazing for AEW standards it wasn't amazing <laughs> well i think that's it isn't it AEW have like such high expectations on their pay-per-views yeah. and this isn't just any pay-per-view i know double or nothing is their official anniversary show but mm. really it's all out yeah, and like if you look at the the show on paper, I think it did accomplish that. The tag title change, the Kenny Omega sort of heel turn, uh, Evan Bourne slipping. Mm. You know, there, there was enough on this show to satisfy that. But uh, yes, it's really the the Matt Hardy stuff brought it all down. Well, let's get on straight with the su 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 Super Chats. Last call, ding, 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 get them in. We will read out every single one before the end of this stream. Second class elitist, TK and Rebby can both be right. A CT scan does not confirm there wasn't damage. It only can confirm if there was. It is possible to have a mild concussion, minimal swelling, and still pass the tests. Let's just hope he recovers safely. Thank you very much. That's very informative. Mm, uh, Pam K4. I watch wrestling because I don't like seeing people get hurt for real. 
What they could have done is get Sammy to argue and maybe push Aubrey down so it would end in his DQ and redo the match later. Yeah, I mean, they could have. I don't even think they need to get an angle out of it. Just call the match. Just say, like, t- just stop the program for a minute and just say, hey, guys, it's been a real injury here. It's an unfortunate, but let's just move on to the next one. Totally. Uh, Josh to Dominics. I honestly think if Matt versus Sammy doesn't happen, this pay-per-view is given more praise. Second half of this show is amazing, and Wednesday's show feels huge. Totally agree. Uh, dried chicken without flavor. Uh, AEW should have stopped the Hardy Guevara match at All Out, call it a no contest, and then they could extend the feud. Yeah. yeah totally Agreed. simple. Baker Swole, uh, Nikolai Azapardi, says, this buy-in was the first one that felt like a pre-show and not part of the show. I think maybe that's because it was thrown together with them them moving the the cinematic match around. Uh, Gorilla Press, the commentators killed the cinematic dental match. I I quite enjoyed them being a bit jokey with it because it was Mm. all quite a joke. Yeah. Uh, on the Battle Royale. Spencer O, imagine a future triple threat between Lance Archer, Wardlow, and Brian Cage. Hashtag <coughs> meaty meat. Hashtag look at the pistons. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd like that. That'd Should we check amazing. a bit of Will Hobbs in there too? Yeah, why not? Miguel 8A, I have to admit that Will Hobbs honestly impressed me during his Rumble match. I'm. It's not a Rumble. I'm actually excited to see what they do with him. Same. Yeah, I think he's great. Dynamic Penguin, great show in my opinion. Loved all three title matches. Such a shame that Matt's fall overshadowed everything else. Really hope he's okay mentally and physically. Yeah, agreed. Christopher Jazzcat was excited to see Matt Seidel. Shame about his slip. Yeah, that pretty much sums up my viewpoint as well. Yeah. Our hot tag to you for the absolutely uh, talking about Sheeta and Rosa. Uh, Rangers Mayhem said, uh, "Would you be up for a trilogy for Sheeta versus Rosa? Sheeta challenges for the NWA title and loses, then both titles on the line at next AEW pay per view, solidifying partnership with NWA. NWA as a possible NXT to AEW. I think that's a fantastic idea. That's really <laughs> that's fun. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really <laughs> really fun. Yeah, I'd love that." Um, Pen PZ says uh, the women's title match deserves the argument for match of the night because it had no uh, because it had no build at all, but over delivered. Uh, I also hope Thunder Rosa stays. Well, I'm glad you liked it so much, even if it had loads of building character work. I think the three matches I've already said are still way way better than mm. than their match. Yeah, that's not to say uh, it was wasn't a good match though. I really enjoyed that match, but you know the the others are better <laughs> in in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, there's something about AEW General. Uh, Dip Jyoti Paul. Sorry if I butchered that name. Uh, All Out was a bad show. Pay-per-view was too long, apart from the Hardy injury. Pre-show sucked. Battle Royal was rubbish with the body bag. JR comment was rubbish. Two out of five. Yeah, I, it was too It was long. long. Totally agree. Uh, especially now WWE had given us those beautiful three-hour shows. Mm. Uh, AEW should really realize that is an optimal length. Um, but yeah, the, the the things you've said are all the all the main criticisms. If if you didn't like those, and they are very legitimate bad points, then I can totally see why you didn't like it. Yeah, uh, Gorilla Press says, uh, "Agree, Chopper. Luchasaurus is quite athletic. I'd like to see a Luchasaurus versus Dijak match. Yes, please. I'd love to see Luchasaurus Dijak. I want to see Luchasaurus Alistair Black. Please, <laughs> that would be great. Battle um, of the kicks. Yeah." 
Uh, Marco Talon 12 said, I think by the end of 2021, Silver and Reynolds are going to be a pro- uh, going to be proper tag team title contenders. That'd be cool. Yeah, I I think solid mid card. I, I maybe they'll get a tag title shot here and there, but not not. I mean the the rest of the tag division is just so stacked. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jake Hager is rock hard. Says here's some kind of super chat. Hashtag rock hard. Yeah. Christopher Jazzcat again says AEW going for the fifty plus demo with FTRs matches. Lots of Zeds. Oh, that's well, a hot it's, take. It's that eighties throwback style. So I I, I, lo- I love watching them wrestle. Yeah, they're so good. Um, Colostopia said, uh, Paige is always the guy who gets the pin, visual pin in this match. Uh, <laughs> Kenny always saves Paige from a pin. This time he couldn't get there. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot that. Hangman did mm. have the match won at one point. Yeah, got the roll up, but it was uh, Cash was distracting the referee. So uh, MJVDG said, if MGF wouldn't be creative, Mox just said, F this. Hmm? MJF, if MJF wouldn't, be wouldn't be creative, Mox just said, F this. Oh, uh, I, I think they're trying to say, if MGF isn't going to win legit and he's going to cheat, Mox just said, oh, F this, and he hit the paradigm shift. I think yeah. that's what they're trying yeah, yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat said, MJF versus Mox was excellent. Best MJF match I've seen. I'd agree with that one. Yeah, it was. Um Marco Dominguez says, uh, would you have scored this differently with a full live crowd? Probably, but it's hard to say. Like, oh, the, the, it would have been so much more enjoyable with a live crowd. Yeah. That, it, that goes it, for everything. Yeah, totally. Crowds do have a, a strong impact and everything, but then the diminishing returns of the sour points of the show might have been <laughs> even stronger because mm. of it might have been so high to come down to so low. I don't, I don't know. Um, mm. But um there's some wrestling miscellaneous ones here jack meredith says hashtag ollie authority for life thank you uh question for both uh can you ever see AEW working with wwe in the future possibly under triple h slash steph no 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 triple h is just as bad as vince mcmahon in wanting to kill everything else off yeah uh dried chicken without flavor again Um, Vincent McDino McMahon after banning superstars from third party contracts, Vince McMahon is still still has a mind of the Flintstones and a dinosaur yeah <laughs> he legit has a dinosaur skull up in his office that's true, yeah mm. um, did you want to take the, the next one? I Mr. will Jobber JJ 496 Mr. Davis's number one fan I know Jobber uh, welcome Chopper to the Ollie Thority feels great to be a winner the family is growing stronger. From me to you, welcome. Mr. Davis, I knew you would win. <sighs> Jam, Jam, Jam. So heavy. Uh, mm. It fell off my waist at the end of the video today. I saw. I don't know if you saw when I was doing the end cards, I went to clip it off and hold it up and it just <laughs> clipped my mic off. Bacon Rasher, <laughs> I would like to take a moment and reflect. I kind of started Wrestle Luke, but sometimes you just have to find a jacket and put it on. Join Chopper. I joined Chopper. I found the light. Mr. Davis, the championship suits you, sir. Oh, suits me. Yeah, it does. Colostopia, support Mr. Davis. At least there is one grateful person in Wrestle Talk. Still remember exactly. the stream where King Chopper, Chopper got his job. Exactly. I know what you want. Duffs 101, Corporate Chopper knows what is best for business. 
and best for us fans. Absolutely. It's going to do that every time. Gabriel Caruso, is Chopper still dancing? Dance, Chopper, dance. Do you want to dance? It's up to you. Oh, thank you for the option, Mr. Davis. I'll dance today. I'm feeling dancing today. Doing that thumbs up dance. It's great. Um, Mapaw, 316. I'm very confused. How did Pete zero points help Mr. Davis win predictions warfare? Hashtag WrestleLuke. I think you find actually that in this current season of Wrestle League, I actually had 19 points and actually tied first in the office. So all of those now Mr. Davis's points. So yeah. Jobber JJ, JTJ, sorry, 496. Mr. Davis, corporate chopper, Jobber JTJ. What a force indeed. John V, does corporate chopper dance or does corporate chopper don't play like that anymore? Go Mr. Ollie Davis. Yes, please. No. No, yes, please. No, thank you. Absolutely no. no Chopper no, dances when he no, wants to. Thank you. I dance when I want to. You'll, Dale, ne- you'll never see it coming. Dale Creasy, I miss lukewarm Luke Owen. <laughs> Idiot. Uar Uar, who would have thought 2020 would even bring us the Wrestle Talk screw job, second best current wrestling storyline besides Omega Page. What's a screw job? What's a storyline? Gorilla mm. Press. Gorilla Press is here showing support once more. And congrats to Mr. Davis. Inaugural jam that champion. AF means as F punctuation. Don't know what that means yeah. either. Sam W. I stand Luke Owen. Luke World Order, LWO. William Toolman. Raise your eyebrow, chopper. Yeah, money. That is a, I, can do, I can do that one. Or I can do that one. That's yeah, my rock one. Yeah, you can do both. That's quite impressive. I That's can only do my... one. Oh, no, I can't do it. This oh, is there it was. Also, great content for podcast listeners. <laughs> um, Gorilla Press. He wrote them down to be a better co-host than lukewarm Luke Owen. I did. I wrote down the Casino Battle <laughs> I didn't mention any of the rest of them. I just mentioned the first five. I did write all of them down. Bacon Rasher. Also, for Luke to like lukewarm is a bit pathetic. Yeah. True. Luke just saw us would be best as he's watching from outside in the job center queue. <laughs> Hashtag Mr. Davis. Very good. Gorilla Press. Today is the day, Mr. Davis. Your challenge shall be delivered by electronic carrier pigeon. He is risen. So Gorilla Press has been saying he's going to call me out some way for mm. the last couple of days. I don't know what's going on. Uh, William okay. Tallman. Hashtag F-T-A-F. What does that mean? Uh, for the authority, finally. It's Holly authority, <laughs> not authority. Uh, Gorilla Press, today's days, uh, send the same one, but this time with hashtag press that press. Cool. Uh, JB Luke Owen fan, give me a yes, please. No, thank you. Nope. Started a petition to get Luke's job back. Can I post it here? No. What else uh, can we do besides challenge you to a predictions contest at WWE Knock? Knock being neither champions. Um, nothing. I There's think... no. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> he lost it. We stick to our stakes. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Also. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Eric Diaz. Watching the show with Mr. Davis and Luke made me more invested in each match. Shame that's the last one ever. Watching with you is the reason I bought all out too. Thanks for the amazing content and consistency. Dance, Chopper. Dance. I mean, I'll if you dance want to. I want to, but thank you. 
and Alec Farmer finally here. First he vanquished FTF, now Lou Cohen. Jam that jam, hashtag Ollie. What is next on my list of massive achievements and accomplishments in 2020? It's everyone else's worst year, but for me, it's the best. Thank you for joining us here on our All Out 2 review show. Please go over and check out the WrestleTalk news from earlier today and subscribe to this channel to get daily wrestling news videos and reviews. I was doing so well with this ending promo until the thing I literally say at the end of every video slipped my mind. Subscribe, support the Ollie Thority. I've been Mr. Davis and thank you. Corporate chopper. I am your jam that champion. Jam that jam, everybody. Join the Olive Heart. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.